Breakfast with a Beak is brought to you once again by the North American Spaghetti Council. Buy it! People will like you! Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Beak. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick... I'm Dr. Heisenberg. He sure is. <laughs> Good morning, Beatniks. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning. So, Johnny... Uh, 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 on Thursday, we were watching Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, right? We certainly were. And I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, guys, don't you hate reality shows? Aren't they horrible and derivative and stuff? Well, shut up. This one's absurdly funny. Yeah, this one is awesome. This yeah. one is, oh, it's a Kentucky Fried Nightmare, and it I is, love it. It is a, a wacky family, but the difference is it's not contrived because they were like that before there were cameras. You're absolutely right. They, I, I really do feel like that family would have been doing most of that shit with or without the cameras around. I yeah. mean, yeah, maybe once the TV crew showed up, they were like, I think this is our moment to adopt a pet pig. But they, they sounded like they'd been thinking about it for a while. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, like, they they, they kind of come into that fully formed. Like, they've already got their nicknames. They've got bizarre games they've invented. Yes. You know, very unique got, ideas about what they think is fun. Yes, they've got very curious ideas about what constitutes fun, what constitutes acceptable, mm-hmm. what constitutes a reasonable number of paper towels to buy in one shopping trip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. What you should buy on auction, what counts as a diet. Yes. You know. And, and yeah, I'm going to recommend that everyone check out Honey Boo Boo because you've been hearing about it on Twitter because that's where you people get all your information about the world outside. And, yeah, no, Honey Boo Boo is delightful. Honey Boo Boo is like Substance D. Either you're an addict or you've never seen it. Nice. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, that's my <laughs> reference. That's my reference for the day. Y'all can suck my Philip K. Dick. Boom. A bottom line is the most recent season of Futurama is done with until next year. What else are you going to do on Wednesdays at 10? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, cry. <laughs> Why not cry with a pig? Yeah. That happens. <laughs> but so on the most recent episode of Honey, here comes Honey Boo Boo. Here comes okay. Honey Boo Boo. And the, the, the episode was entitled Skeddy, okay? Yes, it was. And this was, mind you, even though this was the, the you know, uh, pinnacle of this week's episode, before we even got to the Skeddy, okay, we saw uh, Honey Boo Boo acquire a giant inflatable hammer. We did. And we uh, saw Chickadee pee on the couch. Mm-hmm. And we saw the family play a rousing game of Guess Who's Breath. Yes. So, <laughs> they're fun. Um, but, so, they, they I know you had a problem with this, right? They, they I had make, a huge problem with this. They make Mama's Recipe... For skeddy, which they don't in, say spaghetti. No, they say skeddy. Now they they are using uh, spaghetti pasta noodles. They are using know, real in, pasta. In your, your standard noodles, right? Yeah. But it, instead of like uh, like sauce and seasonings and whatnot, they get a big bowl and they mix in an entire tub of crunchy crock margarine and just glop onto the top of it an entire tub of ketchup. Yes, and then they... just mix it up. They mix it up, and they microwave it. Right. And then they give it a stir. Yeah. And they slop it onto the noodles. Yeah. 
and uh, and the family talks about how wonderful it is. Every one of them is just singing the praises of this. Oh God, I'm gagging a little just thinking about it. I mean, I, I believe I referred to it as a culinary hate crime. Uh, the thing is, I just it, it got me wondering. Like, I wonder what our our you know recurring show sponsors, the North American Spaghetti Council, would think of this if they would you know be cool with the whole sketty trend. Or if they would consider it like an, an unnecessary, you know, or, or inappropriate usage of spaghetti. Well, know, like I wonder if they have an official policy on that. Like, what do you think? Well, we've uh, we've got a representative from the North American Spaghetti Council standing by in the green room. Do we really? Yeah, that's convenient. So uh, let's just uh, see what comes through that door and who it might be. What's up, douchebag? Hey, Doctor Saxonberg. Hey! Official spokespuppet of the North American Spaghetti Council. I so am. <laughs> Good to see you again. It is. Well, here I am, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good to see you too. So, we, we had a question. Did you see this week's episode of Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, Dr. Saxonberg? Well, I've been hearing some stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, did you see the clip? Uh, the Sketty clip? I did. Okay. I did, and uh, you uh, you recapped it nicely for the folks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, what is the North American Spaghetti Council's uh, policy on, on sketty with the ketchup and the margarine and everything? Well, the pronunciation, we have uh, we have no official uh, stance on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, individual dialects and pronunciations are acceptable. We just want everyone to enjoy spaghetti. Okay. All right. That's very enlightened. Very the accepting. sauce, however, <laughs> okay. is on Acceptable. Go on. It's ketchup. <laughs> it's fucking ketchup and margarine. Not even butter. They call it butter. It's not butter. It's fucking country crock. And did you notice? Did you notice? Freeze frame it. You'll see this shit. Okay. They were using the empty country crock tub as a bowl. Uh huh. Somebody was eating their skinny. Their ketchupy skinny. <laughs> an empty country crock tub. Probably. With a residue of margarine still on the inside. I believe they were also scooping the country crock with an ice cream scoop. They fucking were. <laughs> so, so what? What are the the um, official acceptable uh, sauces and, and garnishes and whatnot for spaghetti? I, I don't know. Just buy the shit in the jar. Oh, like ragu? Yeah, whatever. Or prego? Yeah, or? buy your fucking ragu or whatever. Your prego, your. There's a, get the shit in the fancy jar if you want. Get the organic. I don't give a shit. But okay. don't use ketchup. <laughs> and I mean, you've seen where these people buy their food. They go to auctions. They go to weird, creepy, like, food <laughs> auctions. That ketchup belonged to dead people. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, that's dead people ketchup. Where people are bidding on, like, big boxes of tasty cakes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, lot number nine, two plastic containers of fucking, like, donuts or something. Like, <laughs> like Hostess donuts. Powdered sugar fucking donuts. And it's just, I... What? <laughs> and they're properly bidding on this. Like it's an auction. Like it's fucking Christie's. And there's a Van Gogh painting. Or a fucking Honus Wagner card. Right. But it's not. It's old donuts that they found in some dead guy's house. So no, I do not approve of dead people ketchup on your spaghetti. Use real sauce. Make your sauce. Buy your sauce. But use designated 
sauces. Okay. The butter, whatever. You know, there are plenty of recipes where the sauce involves or indeed is mostly butter. That's fine. Whatever. All right. Well, thank you for clearing that up, Dr. Saxonberg. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much fucking clearer I can be. Don't put ketchup on spaghetti. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) Hey, we're just about to roll the topic. Do you want to stick around and sit in on the show today? No. No. I've been having kind of a weird time lately. I, I don't know. I'm just... Every fucking day it's like this now. I don't know. I just... I mean, like, this job gets to you. The Spaghetti Council job? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, like, people think it's all glamour, and it's just... Ugh, no. <laughs> oh. I don't want, know. I'm, do you want to talk about it? Not, not with you. I've been... <laughs> I've been seeing a guy, and... <laughs> look, I'm... I gotta go, okay? All right. I gotta go. All right. Dr. Saxenberg, everybody! Dr. Saxenberg. Hey, guys, I just got back. <laughs> That's, he's never smelled so much like vodka. No, he, he hasn't. Wow. Yeah, that is a sock-soaked in vodka. My goodness. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, now, it's hard to tell with a sock puppet, but he looks like he hasn't showered in a while. No, he's and, definitely uh, got some little uh, circles under his eyes. Paper ones, beaded but... plastic eyes could be bloodshot. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well... I guess we learned a lot. About spaghetti, about Dr. Soxenberg, about so much. Yeah, and this is just at the top of the show. We haven't even rolled the topic yet. Let's fucking do that. Okay. Okay. Because of Breakfast with Speak, we discuss topics that you, the listeners, send in. Yeah. Like this one. Like this one that we're about to roll. Okay, let's roll. All right, that adds up to about eight, which is not much at all. About it's, it's dice. It's eight. It's, yeah, it's going it to be eight. an integer. It's well, it is exactly eight. <laughs> yeah, you can't roll eight and three quarters. Well, I did 8.7 or so. Well, I didn't. Okay. And number What's eight, number eight, Johnny? Is a paper cut uh, submitted by Trevor in Sultan, Washington. Paper cut. That's a weird one. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, I guess. Uh, paper cuts. Uh, okay. You got... What are you... You're cringing. I am every cringing. Time, every time I say paper cuts... Well, I'm over it now. Okay. But I was cringing because it's not a pleasant topic. I No, I guess not. I mean, they're kind of benign, aren't they? It's oh, like, wow, wow. Oh, you're not going to die from it. They're still horrible. It's like nettles or cat scratches or, you know, it's a very shallow kind of cut. Yeah, well, if somebody electrocutes your balls, you're probably going to be fine eventually, but it's still going to hurt like hell in the moment. I don't know if that's... A reasonable analogy. Yeah, well, <laughs> given the choice between, you know, getting a paper cut and having my balls electrocuted... I mean, because you can just get a paper cut during your normal daily activities of, like, getting the mail and reading the newspaper and stuff. Getting your nuts electrocuted seems like it's not just something that's going to happen during your normal daily course. Well, probably not, but given the choice... Yeah, I what, would, what are you doing during your normal daily routine where your balls are constantly in danger of getting electrocuted? I don't know. I mean, I'm, you have I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm wiring a lot of stuff at crotch level. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, okay. The, the point is that, like, if I was, you know, held hostage somewhere and I uh-huh. had to choose one or the other, I mean, eventually, yeah, paper cut. But it would be a struggle for a while. I, I'd have to think about it. You'd actually have to think about whether you wanted a paper cut or your nuts shocked. What about a paper cut on your balls? No, no, no. <laughs> then I then I would definitely take the shock. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Um, getting away from Johnny's testicles. Please. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, in fact. 
Yeah, no, keep the paper away from him, keep the conversation away from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, everyone knows what a paper cut is, right? I feel like we don't need to over-explain that, although young people today... This is what's interesting about paper cuts, right? Okay. Is they happen less frequently in our society than they used to. Good. Right? You read, you know, the newspaper on the internet now instead of actual fucking paper. That's true. Right? You do a lot of your, your office work and your writing, you know... Uh, uh, Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, that kind of thing. Who the hell even uses the mail anymore? The uh, mail sucks. Yeah. You can email. Yeah. Paper cuts have been reduced drastically just by us replacing letter writing with emails. Good. Yeah. Because, so, yuck. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... We it, pay bills online. Yes, no filling do. out those less stamp licking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're slowly phasing out paper cuts. Eventually, maybe some of our younger listeners don't even use... Think about this. Think about this. Okay. Photographs are digital now, right? Yeah. We look at pictures on the computer, on a screen, or on our phones. Uh-huh. You know, not too long ago, you'd, you'd get the film developed, and you'd have these little rectangles of photos, and you could totally cut your fingers on those all the time. You could, and it was awful. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And, and photos, that's a bad thing to cut your finger on. That's unsanitary. You're passing them around to everybody. They're putting their grubby hands all over it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Fucking, you're, you're handing them off to all your relatives who are constantly touching their filthy children and stuff. Well, in the event that there are little kids listening and they they are living in a future world where there aren't paper cuts. Yeah. So there's, you know, the world used to be full of paper. And it's sharp edges and you could get like these shallow cuts in your skin in your epidermis also if little kids are listening you shouldn't be listening to this because we've probably said fuck like a million times in this episode already there's an explicit tag but just because kids aren't supposed to listen doesn't mean they won't oh yeah no. kids are good with with computers i mean they could easily circumvent their their parents safeguards and and download breakfast with the beak on sunday morning before the parents get up and just learn about the world from us that's true. Yeah. Okay, so any little kids listening, uh, here's a secret message that I want you to tell your grandma. Okay. Okay? Penis, 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 penis. Tell that to grandma. <laughs> You've done a good thing today, Johnny. I did. Yeah. I did. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> All right, but so now that we know about paper cuts, yeah. but what, what specifically do you find upsetting about them? I don't know what specifically. It's something about, like, the weird little sound it makes when it's going across your finger, and then you don't feel anything, and then, like, two seconds later it starts stinging like hell, and it's just like, oh, hey, look at that, look what happened. And you feel like an idiot because it's paper, and you know how to handle paper. And there are thousands of times in your life when you've handled paper with no incident, and then just this time it turns on you, it's like a dog suddenly turning around and mauling you after you've given it, like, you know, a life time of, of dog food and snuggles yeah i suppose so i mean there are there are so many worse ways to get cut i mean with a kitchen knife with sheet metal with broken glass with a chainsaw all potentially dangerous or even fatal whereas a paper cut i don't think anyone's ever died from one of those well no yeah but yeah your your kitchen knives your chainsaws your mm-hmm. machetes and so forth you have to be handling them incorrectly for things to go wrong it's not just gonna. It, you're not just gonna chainsaw your leg off just purely by accident. You're, you're not using that chainsaw correctly if it's making contact with your leg at all. Well, if you're fighting zombies, you'd be swinging it around fast, though. Well, that comes up about as often as you know, just chainsaws coming to life and going for your legs. <laughs> Both of those scenarios are equally likely. 
fighting zombie, fighting a zombie invasion versus fighting an invasion of aggressive chainsaws. I think that only happens in Bruce Campbell movies. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I think both of those happen in Bruce Campbell movies. Well, that's actually. true. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good point. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if that's coming up, whatever, I'm not going to hold it against you. You have your excuse. If you can prove to me that there's an angry, sentient chainsaw out there, right? <laughs> whatever. But you you make a good point. I mean, that is is kind of like the whole uh, you know balls being electrocuted thing from a few minutes ago. Is it's not going to come up that often, but paper cuts can still happen every day. Yeah. I mean, I ate a bowl of cereal today. It's in a cardboard box. I could have got cut. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've cut my finger with a kitchen knife a number of times. Sure. And it's because I was being stupid. It's because I was cutting too fast. I wasn't looking where I was holding the vegetables. You were pretending like you were Benihana. I was having a little Benihana moment, yes. Yeah. And I shouldn't have been <laughs> because uh, those guys are trained. Mm-hmm. And I am not. They're basically ninja cooks. And, again, I am not. No. I'm not a ninja anything. No, no, you're not. No, thanks. No. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's Look, true. I'm, I'm being modest. You don't need to shit all over my non-ninjahood. Okay? You're not even a ninja podcast host, for fuck's sake. I'm not. You're I'm not, not even a ninja guy who tells dick jokes. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe let's, you're... Let's not say anything we can't take back. All right, maybe you're like a yellow belt. Oh! Dick joke. <laughs> okay, I see how it is. I don't know what color the belts go in. Yellow's not great. Is it like, I mean... I know where yellow is on the electromagnetic spectrum. It's like third in from the left. So it's like, it's not violet, but it's not red. I don't think that's how ninjas do it. I don't know how ninjas do it. Because I, I black is the last one, and that's not even that's that's not even on there. I don't think ninjas have colorful belts because they're not good for being stealthy. <laughs> Unless you're a ninja turtle. Well, that's just to tell you apart from the other turtles. Well, right. I mean, and they're not really stealthy because they're already big green monsters. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they're, they, they're <laughs> stealthy by staying the fuck off the streets. Yeah. Anyone's stealthy in the sewers because nobody's around. Right, but they can wear bright colors because it doesn't matter so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just they need to tell each other apart because, like, otherwise it'll be, you know, they take their masks off, they don't know who they are. Yeah, okay. Yeah, see. Yeah. The point is, while knives and the like... Require human error. Uh huh. Paper can just turn on you. Yeah, I mean, you turn a page and it's fine. You turn the next page the exact same way. Blam, paper cut. Yeah, and I guess a piece of paper is sharp on all its edges. Yeah, it's not like there's a safety handle. No, there's no handle. Oh, book's fine. But anyway, you still you can't just massage the spine and the page is turned by magic. That would be cool. That would be. I feel like that technology is not going to be invented because the Kindle's already been invented. Yeah, no, we don't need magic paper anymore. Yeah, you only get that in, like, Harry Potter or something. Yeah, I think Harry Potter has that. Yeah. Harry Potter also has books that bite you, which is probably (laughs) worse than the paper cut. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, Mm -hmm. the point is that, like, yeah, I don't know where this comes from, where this uh, getting the the heebie-jeebies from paper cuts comes from. Uh Uh-huh. But I know that... I'm going to need to talk about Jackass here for a minute. Okay. Now, I actually enjoy the Jackass program and movies because it is unpretentious. It doesn't lie to you. It says, hey, we're a bunch of idiots, and we're going to hurt ourselves, and then they do. There's sort of the the, the uh, stuntman equivalent of uh, Honey Boo Boo's family. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they don't pretend 
to be cool. You know, like, they get on skateboards and they're not like, hey, we're good at this and are cool. Uh-huh. They get on skateboards and are like, we're going to fall down and almost die. That is preferable because most, like, skateboarders are obnoxious as shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I've watched those guys electrocute themselves. I've watched those guys give themselves unnecessary enemas and mm-hmm. roll around and poop and get punched in the crotch and stuff. Okay. That's fine. Whatever. I'll watch. I'll stare right at the screen. Yeah. But they did a bit where they were giving each other paper cuts with a manila folder. Uh-huh. And that one makes me flinch. I cannot look at the screen when that's on. If you've ever worked in an office, you'll probably know that manila folders are not only just as sharp as other paper, but of a thicker paper stock. So that's actually one of the worst paper cuts you can get. Those big file folders? Yeah, yeah. And, and these guys were like, hey, you know what? We're going to give each other paper cuts on uh, the webbings of our fingers. Oh. Yeah. And like the guys in the room were freaking out. I think that's one of the sketches they've done where the cameraman vomits. All right. So it's not just you. In general, it seems like universally a lot of people find paper cuts strangely disturbing. People with incredibly high tolerance for for pain and general disgustingness Uh, still find paper cuts immensely off-putting. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's, That's my two cents. Wow. That's my two cents. It's Johnny Knoxville's two cents. That's four cents. That's... That's twice as many cents as most people will give you. So, I think that that's how much uh, credibility costs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take that, good metaphors. <laughs> now you're just speaking in nonsense. Boosh! If we're talking about examples of, of, of paper cuttery on television... I feel like... Oh, I did start us down that road. I feel like it really reached its pinnacle okay. uh, in an episode of The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Okay? There's, well, yeah. Yeah, because there's uh, in in uh, the episode Goodbye, My Little Viking. Great episode. Two-parter. Yeah. Oh, it's excellent. It's, it's a classic. one of the best. Like, oh my God. If you don't stop me, I will just fanboy out about Pete and Pete for the rest of the show. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Good. But there is, in in uh, this particular episode, there is a villain that younger Pete and uh, Artie, uh, the strongest man in the world, must defeat, and he's a kid called Papercut. Yes. He was born in the back of a copy shop, and there weren't any kids to play with, so he played with paper, okay? And But he was, like, maladjusted, so, like, he, he could create, you know, beautiful origami sculptures and stuff, but he also learned to create, uh, uh, quote-unquote, weapons, which were basically origami-type constructions optimized for inflicting as many paper cuts as possible on a target. See, that is, like, that is such a great villain. That's... <laughs> To me, because that is so fiendish. Like, because every villain has, you know, some weird skill. They've got some, like, you know, freeze ray and or ice beam and or whatever, you know. Sure. And it's like, whatever, great. But a villain who is the master of paper cuts? (laughs) That's horrifying to me. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Let the Joker have the city as long as he's not doing that. And it's this 11-year-old kid, okay, yes. in a suede jacket with tassels, <laughs> like, covered in band-aids because he's constantly cutting himself accidentally while, while making these things, which just proves how effective 
his equipment is. Yes. And, and he can make more weapons out of anything because paper's everywhere. Indeed it is. Yeah. Yeah, and and like I said, that is terrifying to me. That, right, well, the idea that... The, the, the possibility that that skill could exist even in theory. It is, it is technically plausible. I mean, someone could do that. And this kid went so far is, is to create... You know, that identity for himself. His nickname, the only thing people call him is Papercut. He says, I'm Papercut. He's cultivated an entire identity out of this weird, random thing that's just a nuisance in day-to-day life that we don't really think about. But but he's, he's forcing us to think about it. Yeah, yeah, he's poured genuine evil into it. Yeah. 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 No, he's taken something that's just bad and elevated it to malevolence. Yeah. 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 So that's I feel like that's the pinnacle of, of where that can even go. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, and, and Pete and Pete, you know, whenever they brought in a, a bully character, right? the guy or girl uh-huh. would always have some nickname related to some habit or some trait or whatever. Sure. You know, there was the guy called Open Face because he always carried around big Open Face sandwiches with him everywhere he went. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, the guy called, like, Milk Mustache and Butt Stripe and that kind of thing. Right, sure. Yeah. Butt Stripe, he used to only ride his bike after it rained. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd wind up with a big stripe on his butt from the seat. Right. And, and you know, but most of those, it's just describing a trait they have. It's not actually describing their their villainous technique. Mm-hmm. Paper cut, of course, has many paper cuts from his frequent interactions with paper. Right. But he has also taken that, and instead of just having that trait himself, he is using it to to extend his evil empire. He's, it's sort of a magical, mundane version of the villains in Dick Tracy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I mean, like, yeah, the, the Dick Tracy villains, you know, your your prune faces and flat tops and the like. Yeah. You know, yeah, they all have some weird trait that they then get a nickname based on. Right. But if prune face then was going around whatever the fuck city Dick Tracy happens in, Dick City or whatever, <laughs> and, and was, like, firing some kind of laser that scrunches up other people's faces. Mm. You know, or if Flattop was like sanding down people's heads or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. Or yeah. giving him bad haircuts or whatever it is that makes Flattop's head do what it does. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, then they'd be like paper cut. As it is now, they're just like open face. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the hallmark of the Adventures of Pete and Pete world. No, it is definitely sort of a, a magic realist, uh, suburban expressionist universe. Right. No, I mean, I have... I don't even know if I want to call this a theory. This might have been the intent of the people making the show. Okay. But it's something I've heard talked about in other places, and I've got a friend who is really into this theory, and that is the idea that Pete and Pete, because of that whole sort of magic realist vibe, mm-hmm. you know, the the universe of Pete and Pete, and specifically the town of Wellville or right. Wellsville, yeah, it takes all the things that are sort of imaginary or or figurative or metaphorical in childhood, uh-huh. and makes them literal. Yeah, just to point out because you you made the the misstep a second ago. Yeah, this uh, this television show does not take place in the uh, uh, Kellogg. A uh, compound T.C. Boyle novel. Nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Run to Wellville! Okay, it's a I, good book! 
Okay, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Speaking of unnecessary animals... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No, but Wellsville takes place in a, or is a world where the, the figurative elements of childhood become literal. So that, for example, Artie is a real superhero who literally exists in that town and everyone is aware of. Right. But he's clearly Little Pete's imaginary friend. Yeah. He behaves in a way that a child would imagine his personal superhero behaving. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that two-parter in particular... Right. ...where Pete needs to stand up to paper cut while his parents are simultaneously saying, Son, you're too old to have your own superhero. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that doesn't make any sense. You're too old to have your own superhero? That's absurd. But... Yeah. You're too old to have an imaginary friend... Duh. Yes, he is. At sure. At this point in his life. But yeah, this imaginary friend in Wellsville is an actual person. He's a real person who exists. And so, you know, the town sets about civilizing him and sending him on his way. Right. To sort of depict Pete being pushed to sort of grow out of the imaginary friend phase. Uh-huh. And by the end of the show, he has. he, Or by the end of that episode, he has, you know, moved on, stood up to paper cut without Artie. You know, Artie himself has gone to make his way in the world and protect other children. And it, it is this this perfect metaphor for a kid sort of realizing that he doesn't need this fantasy figure to protect him. That he has, you know, become a hero himself. That he can protect himself. And it's quite beautiful. Yeah. But because it takes place in this, this hyper-real world of Wellsville, yeah, it's a real guy. The parents are aware of him. They, they, they think it is... Potentially a problem. Nobody gets weirded out that it's an adult man hanging out with a child. You know, nobody thinks, oh, this eccentric middle-aged man has taken an interest in my son. I'm uncomfortable with that. Nobody ever says that. Right. They just accept the the literal existence of the superhero and indeed have a conspiracy to rid the town of him. And they don't even refer to him as a strange man. They call him a mutant. They do. Yeah. And and the thing about Pete and Pete is that every pointless little dumb thing about childhood and Midwestern suburban life is just like amped up until it's the most crucial thing in the world. Yes. You know? There's one episode where they go on a, on a cross-country trip and Pete's dad has a competition with another family's dad about who can pile their luggage highest on the car's roof. Hey, that was not just some competition. That was to determine who was king of the road. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that is... The the way they write and frame that show, the brilliance of it, is that seems so important and crucial. That is a mighty struggle in that world. Well, when you're going to the Hoover Dam, it is important to make good time. It is important to have a tall yet stable roof stack, okay? Yeah. It is important to show your pride in your family, your car, your roof stack by letting that elbow fly high in the breeze, okay? <laughs> and, and Hey, people who don't know Pete and Pete the way I know it, okay? People who don't just have every episode memorized uh-huh. like, like I do. Right. Start doing that, and everything I say will make more sense to you. I'm quite certain we have some fan overlap. If you like this show, you'll probably like The Adventures of Beaten Pete. Yes, you That's will. That's a really safe bet. Yes, you fucking will. And and Artie, Artie's final lesson that the younger Pete learns at the end is, is that because he's a superhero, and yeah, he's technically the strongest man in the world, but the thing is he's weird. 
Okay? He's just weird in odd little ways. And he proves, and when when Younger Pete finally defeats Paper Cut by fucking up the Rock, Paper, Scissors game with a, a suborbital meteor, yeah. he, he, he proves that you can defeat evil by out-weirding it. Yes. Just by being a little odd, you can throw evil off its course and take away its power. Exactly. And I, I feel like we do our best to follow in that legacy. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I don't know how well we're doing. I'd like to think we're doing a good job of it, but I definitely agree with the lesson. Absolutely. You know, it's mean, something to strive for. I mean, because let's get right down to it. When I was a little kid, before Pete and Pete even existed, uh-huh. I was already fucking weird, okay? Sure. Day yeah, one, too. I was born weird, okay? Yeah. And... That show, I don't know, it didn't need to teach me the lesson about how important it is to be weird, Uh but it needed to teach me the lesson that it's okay, and that I can triumph through weirdness. Yes, a weirdo can in fact be a superhero. Yes. Yes, all is pipe. Yes. It was there to teach kids, you know, that indeed the weird can and should go pro. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know what? Fuck paper cuts. That's the lesson this week. Yeah. Yeah. I think we learned more than I expected I from did. paper cuts this yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly Pete and Pete lessons, but whatever. I mean, you know, we learned some stuff. Big man, to quote a, a later weird hero of mine, you know, take the fucking ride. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, we did, and we ended up here in Skeddy and Pete and Pete land. All right. Yeah. If you'd like us to discuss your topic on Breakfast with the Beak, like we just talked about paper cuts, send those topics to topicsofthebeak.org. That's correct. You can also get at us on Twitter at, at the Beak and at Doc Heisenberg. That is correct. You can also follow our new Beak Podcasting Network Twitter at, at Beak Network. Indeed. Yeah. You can also get us on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash breakfastwiththebeak, breakfastwiththebeak.tumblr.com. And if you really want to just keep riding that horse, Google Plus. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 All right. So, so send us those topics and give us a comment on iTunes and all that good shit. Yeah, no. Say yeah, nice tell things your, about us. Tell your friends. Or mean things. Whatever. I don't yeah, care. Whatever. All right. Anyway. And until next week... We're your imaginary friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and put real sauce on your sketty. That's not imaginary. Fucking do that. Have a good breakfast, everybody. Yeah, with real sauce. (laughs) This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.